two foundations of Pentecost dedicated to the repairing, restoring, preserving, and perpetrating the foundations of Pentecost. It is our prayer that as you listen, you will be encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And now, today's study from the Scripture. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Happy New Year. Next week, we are um, going to be starting a new series on the books of First and Second Thessalonians. Uh, actually, uh, next Sunday, our lesson's actually going to be out of the book of Acts about the establishment of uh, the Thessalonian church. Um, but then we will be taking a look at them and uh, uh, starting a new series. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and invite His presence to be with us this morning. Father, we're thankful for the privilege that we have to come before You this morning. God, I pray that You would be with us today. Help us to gain insight from Your Word. Apply it to our hearts and lives in Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles, we're going to be looking uh, to begin with at Isaiah chapter 40, a familiar passage of Scripture. The other day I um, sat down in the recliner and noticed an ornament hanging there that had a picture on it. And uh, the picture was a picture that we took on the 4th of July two years ago of all of our family. I sat down and saw that and I remarked to Tammy, I said, it's amazing, the day we took that picture, we had no idea that just five days later that baby we were holding would be laying in the ICU fighting for her life. And uh, then later I was replacing, I had that same picture on the bio page on my website and was replacing it with a new picture that we had taken uh, Christmas Sunday or, or Christmas Eve and, and uh, there in the picture was a vibrant two-year-old that wouldn't stand still and look at the camera uh, and what a blessing I thought there's a lot of things we don't know. And the new year brings a time of reflection and a time of, of looking back at the past and looking forward to the future. And it uh, gives us a time to reflect on uh, so, some of the good things that have happened, but sometimes mistakes that we've made. 
And not necessarily in a bad way because the new year gives us an opportunity and some people will make a long list of, of resolutions or whatever. But whether you make a list of resolutions or not, a lot of times there are goals for the new year and ways that you can correct mistakes of the past or uh, strive for more uh, in the future. I, I know a lot of times... Uh, uh, even uh, as we approach the new year, it's not necessarily a resolution, but a lot of times uh, I will uh, go through the Bible in a different manner uh, each year and, and uh, some of those kind of things. So the new year becomes a time when we reset. And so that's what uh, I want to title our lesson today. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning with verse 28, says, Hast thou not known, and hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that hath no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But this is what I want us to notice. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. All of us, I'm sure, have experienced those times with our electronics that things just all of a sudden don't work right. You know, all of a sudden you pull out your phone and, and, and it just, something's not right with it. Either, either uh, you're dropping phone calls or the apps don't open right or something. And uh, all you have to do is turn it off and turn it back on. It has to be reset. It has to be reboot. My mom has a, a uh, cell phone that is, is just a simple flip phone. It is, has nothing extra on it. it it's uh, designed for the elderly so that, uh, and, and it was the best I could find that had larger buttons to where you could feel the buttons. Uh, because she can't see them. So it is a very simple phone. And yet sometimes somebody will try to call her and the phone call won't go through. And they'll call me, hey, I can't get a hold of your mom. And it's a matter of I have to go by and turn her phone off and back on. And then it's fine. And uh, uh, the same is true if it's our computers or a tablet, or uh, here a while back we were having some issues with the PA system, and one of the big things was it had to be turned off and back on. And so a lot of times that happened. But did you know we're kind of that way? There are times that we need a reset. We need a time of, uh, of rest and, and to refocus our lives. No, we don't necessarily turn ourselves off and back on, but God even set the example for us in creation when 
on the seventh day he rested from creation. And he, he set forth some guidelines for the children of Israel. Matter of fact, not only did he tell them, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy every seven days to take a rest, uh, but he, he told them, said, every seven years you're to take a sabbatical year. Every seven years. And then, not only that, but then he made the 50th year. A, a time of reset. And it was more than just a time of re, uh, rest and relaxation. But in the 50th year, I mean, debts were canceled. And in the 50th year, there was, there was a total reset. Uh, people that had been uh, uh, taken into servitude were set free. Uh, uh, property that had been transferred from one person, from one family to another family, was returned to its original owner. There was a reset in the year of Jubilee. And God has so created time so that there is a place for us to rejuvenate and to think about and to start anew. We have each morning, we have a new day that allows us a restart. Matter of fact, the psalmist tells us that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. And he allows us a restart each day. He put weeks, we have a restart each week with a, a new week. We have months. And then we have years. All of these are a restart in our life and, and allow us to, to consider. And so there are some things that I want us to consider this morning as we approach the new year. There are some things that uh, we can reset in our lives or, or renew in our lives that doesn't mean that our lives are off course. That doesn't mean that things are going wrong. Jesus told his disciples in, in uh, the book of Mark, uh, he told them uh, in, in chapter 6, he said, come apart to the, to the wilderness and rest a while. There are some times that we just need a renewing and a rejuvenating in our life. Sometimes we need to, so to speak, recharge our batteries. And so at the new year, it is a time for reflection and renewal and uh, uh, to begin anew. First of all, I, it goes without saying, but with the renewal process, there has to be regeneration. In other words, we have to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. I mean, uh, and I realize those of us that are in the class this morning have done that. But we must experience the new birth. We cannot be renewed or, or rejuvenated or refreshed in any way if we haven't first experienced the rebirth. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus. Jesus told him, 
or Nicodemus asked Jesus, what must a, a man do? And Jesus said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how can this be? Can, can you enter into to your mother's womb again? Jesus said, you have to be born of the Spirit and of water. So, first of all, we find it is necessary that we be born again. Verse 7 of chapter 3 says, Ye must be born again. And I'm not taking time to, to read all the passage. Most of us are familiar. And of course, uh, uh, within that passage is probably the most well-known verse in all of the Bible that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In verses 3 and 5, he, he, t Jesus tells Nicodemus, said, said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. And so if we expect to see the kingdom of God one day, you must be born again. And then he goes on to explain where the new birth comes from, he says, you have to be born of the Spirit and you have to be born of water. He says, you have to be born of the water. In Scripture, water, we find, is an example and a type of the Word of God. It takes the Word of God. Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 10 and verse 17 of the book of Romans said, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That is why it is so important that we make the word of God a part of our daily lives. We must make the word of A lot of times, and, and, and while we can witness to people and we can share our personal testimony, as we do that in talking to other people, it is important that we incorporate the word of God into that. If we're simply telling them about how their life can be better if they come to Jesus Christ and we don't use the Word of God, we are not going to penetrate their spirit. And so, so we can convince them, we can argue with them, we can talk with them, and we can reason with them, but if we don't do it from the Word of God, faith will not be established in our heart because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So it is important that we teach the Word of God. That is why it's important that our songs be scripturally correct in our singing. You know, people say, well, I was drawn to, to the Lord by their singing. Well, if we're not careful, we can draw them to the wrong Lord. Because sometimes our, our songs aren't correct. And it is important that we make sure they are correct. Then he says not only uh, by, by water, but also by the Spirit. It takes the Spirit of God to draw men. Did you know the Bible says that even the devils fear and tremble? That they believe. And so just knowing the Word of God. The devil knows the Word of God. He quoted the Word of God to Jesus when He tempted Jesus. It takes more than just that, but we have to have the Spirit of God to enlighten us. And that's why I've said different times 
that it is important that we be filled with the Spirit because when we try to witness on our own, we can, we can share the Word of God, but if we don't have the Spirit of God within us to touch man's spirit, we will be of no effect. We have to have the Spirit of God to touch the spirit of man. So he must be born. Then we find the Bible tells us that what it takes... For a person to be born again. Not only does it come from, from hearing the word. Not only is it by the spirit of God reaching out. Let me just say. A lot of times we, 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 some, sometimes we go. We neglect the fact that the spirit of God has to touch. And then some will go so far as to say, well, then if it takes the Spirit of God, we can't do anything. But the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is giving His Spirit to deal with each man. That's not an excuse to say, well, God's Spirit never touched my spirit or never reached out to my spirit. No. That doesn't give us an excuse. But then the Bible says, Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas told the Philippian jailer, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Paul told the Romans, in chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So we, we obtain the new birth through belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Once we've been regenerated, there comes times in our life that we must be renewed. We must go back. to commitments that we made in the past and renew them. We may have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We may have made other commitments on the way, along the way. But there are times that we have to go back to those commitments that we've made and make them anew. It's not a foreign thing to us. That doesn't mean we have to do it because we backslid. You know, it's not unusual for, for a couple uh, on maybe their 25th anniversary or their 50th anniversary or some special time to renew their vows and to get up and, and, and go through a ceremony and invite their friends and family to come as they renew their vows. It's not because they cease to love each other. It's not because 
that there had been a separation. It's just they wanted to reaffirm their commitment to each other. And so there are times that we need to take time to reaffirm our commitment to Jesus Christ. Not because something has come between us, not because we are lacking, but we just want to recommit ourselves to the Lord anew. There are times that there have been things that we've allowed into our life. In the book of Revelation chapter 2, Jesus dictates a letter through the Apostle John to the seven churches that are in Asia, in chapters 2 and 3. And he says, beginning at verse 1, And to the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove the candlestick out of its place. Except thou repent, but this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of of the paradise of God. First thing we see here is that they were a busy church. He said, I know your works. I know how you've labored. And sometimes, if we are not careful, we become so busy doing the work of God that we lose our relationship with God. And so it is a time when we, when we come to times like this at the new year and, and reflect over our life, it is a good time for us to reflect and say, have I become so busy in the work that I have lost the relationship? And it gives us a time to renew that relationship. We find the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, he talks about the relationship between a husband and wife. But then the Apostle Paul writes, I speak concerning Christ and the church. And his real reason for writing about the relationship of husband and wife is because the home is to be a picture of the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. And sometimes there are couples that become so busy with life that they lose the relationship. They get busy raising children. They get busy with, with just the chores around the house and, and earning an income and, and all of the things of life that are all necessities. But then they wake up one day and say, we don't even know who each other are. 
And if we are not careful, we can get so involved in the work of God that we forget the God of the work. We lose that love for God that we once had because we have become so busy working. And we think we're working for Him. So we need to take a time of renewal and a time to renew that relationship. Not only was, was the church at Ephesus a busy church, but they taught right doctrine. It is important for us to know right doctrine. It is important for us to understand correct doctrine. If we do not have correct doctrine... It, everything else is useless. And, and I have stressed over and over the necessity of following the Word of God and reading the Word of God and knowing the Word of God to hide the Word of God in our hearts. The Ephesian church, though, it wasn't a problem with having lost their doctrine. Because they were recognizing when there were false teachers that would come in their midst. They recognized when someone wasn't preaching the truth. And yet there was something lacking because they had lost their love. And it is possible for us to work hard and to have correct doctrine and still not have a love that we should for Jesus Christ. Then the church, because they had lost their love, they had, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that, because they left their first love. That's the word the Bible uses. They didn't lose it, they left it. But there are some things that we can do to get back. We need to renew some things. First of all, we're told that we need to renew our minds. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need our minds renewed. We need our minds restored. Then David tells us in Psalm 51 that we need our spirits renewed. He said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And then we read in our text... From Isaiah 40, 31, that we need our strength renewed. How do we do that? The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. It's so easy sometimes 
for us to get ahead of God. It's so easy sometimes. We've followed after God, we've sought after God, and sometimes God will begin to reveal to us His plan. We think, God, you're going a little slow here. So we try to jump ahead. I remember once when I was a kid, I went and spent a week with my grandparents. And uh, Grandpa took me fishing. We went down underneath a bridge there in Dover, Tennessee. And uh, we're fishing in the river. And uh, so as, uh, as we were there, it wasn't long till Grandpa caught what was obviously a very large fish. And uh, we actually saw him uh, a time or two as he was beginning to try to bring him in. But Grandpa was too slow for me, reeling him in. So I went over and grabbed his line and tried to help him. Of course, I was pretty young, but I went over and tried to help him. Well, guess what happened when I grabbed that line? Grandpa knew that that fish had been swimming in the direction and he wasn't, he wasn't on that hook as good as he needed to be to bring him up that incline there. And so he was trying to get that hook set better. But I was impatient. And consequently, he didn't get the fish. But that's the way we do with God sometimes. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Sometimes we look at, at the lives of other people and, and, and we think they're not measuring up to where God needs to be. And so we want to take it in our own hands to go and help God, you know, because God's not working quick enough in their lives. And so we want to we go straighten them out. And, uh, I've used the illustration before, but I remember when Sister Kelly's dad got saved. First time he came walking into church, I was a little kid. He came walking into church carrying his guitar and amp. Been playing in the nightclubs and hair down on his shoulders and I thought, oh my. Of course, you know, being raised in a, the kind of Christian home that I was, you know, it was a, you know, if I saw a guy with long hair, and especially that long, it was really bad. You know, that was, and so here he come into church, and uh, Daddy said, of course, his initial reaction and thought was to say something to him about, you know, coming into the to the platform, bringing his guitar and having his hair that long and stuff. Said the Lord spoke to him and said, "Just wait." It wasn't 
just a little bit, he started cutting his hair. It wasn't very long at all till he had an appropriate, but it quite possibly would have killed him to have approached him too soon. And sometimes we do that. But they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And then last of all, we need times of refreshing. We, we need to renew our commitments to the Lord. Obviously, we need to be to experience the new birth. But there are just those times of refreshing that we need when God just revives us. My dad used to tell the story how that on the farm where he was born there was an old spring there. There they kept a tin cup tied to a tree or whatever and they kept it and said there was nothing like on a hot day when they were working in the fields to go by that old spring. Get that tin cup and rinse it out and get a cold drink of water from that natural spring. And he said later in life there were still times he would get thirsty for a drink from that spring, for a refreshing from that spring. Regrettably, even though the farm is still owned by family members, I have no idea where that spring is at. I've never been to that spring. I've been out different places on that particular farm, but never to that spring. There are times that we just need a drink from the well, a drink from the spring of living water. Psalm 37, <coughs> beginning at verse 7, says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His ways, because of the man that bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And we've already talked about it. But first of all, we have to wait on the Lord. Of course, there are more than one thing involved in waiting on the Lord. We wait patiently on Him. But you know, we use wait in a, another meaning. We talk about a person who waits tables, a waitress. It's someone who serves. And so while we wait on the Lord, that doesn't mean we sit and do nothing. 
we can serve the Lord while we wait on Him. And then, if we're going to be refreshed and rest in the Lord, there's an interesting thing that is here in this psalm because he tells us to cease from anger. Sometimes we can get worked up about things. And, you know, we know it. We don't have to be told that, you know, to put our anger and aside. And we, we know that. But every now and then, it just wants to crop up in even the best of us. Some of us are better at hiding it than others. Some of us don't hide it at all. But when we allow anger and frustrations to build up within us. See, in this psalm, he's talking about not fretting over the wicked. What happened, uh, the psalmist here said, you know, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, my feet had almost slipped. I mean, I saw what they were doing. And sometimes, though, though sin should bother us, it cannot allow us to become angry to the point that God cannot refresh us. And then we must meditate on the Word of God to renew our mind, to renew our strength. Psalm 19 talks about meditating upon the Word of God. There's probably no place that is better known and sometimes it has become so well known that we miss the richness of its meaning. But in renewing and refreshing and restoring ourselves or being restored by God, it's probably expressed no better than in the 23rd Psalm. When the psalmist wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Joel said in Joel chapter 2, And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Brother Goldeisen, would you conclude with prayer this morning? Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to study and learn from the Word of God, which is so important in our lives. I thank you that the Holy Spirit has been among us to teach us, to lead us, to guide us into all truth. And Lord, that is our desire. I thank you for this class. I thank you for each uh, individual that is a part of it. I ask that you will go with us and keep us and help us to be the very best we can be for you. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. This has been Foundations of Pentecost. We trust that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more, please visit us at foundationsofpentecost.com. Thank you.